0: Friends, of course, I go by the name of the kid famous. You and I are tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Okay, Tim, let's start this show with five, four, three, two, one. Let's go.
1: This is Tim and Friends for April Fool's Day 2022. That's dancing Jesse Rubinoff. And just in time for April Fools. I'm dressed up as the big dude from This Is Us. (laughs) Toby, to be exact. Toby, to be exact. Great character. April 1st, exactly. One week from Jay's opening day at the Rogers Center. And we've got an extension for Charlie Montoyo. Exactly nine days from the end of the NBA regular season. And we've got the Raptors and the Magic on the network. Then the return of the groat, Kyle Lowry on Sunday We've also got Alvin Williams coming up on the show. Exactly 28 days from the end of the NHL's regular season. And we've got some desperate playoff races. A big win for the Leafs. Tough loss for the Jets. We'll discuss it all in First Things First. And exactly 236 days, if my math is correct, until Canada plays Game 1 of the World Cup against World Number 2 Belgium. That's right, the draw was held today. We will get reaction From myself, Jesse Rubinoff, James Sharman, and perhaps more importantly, Canadian midfielder, TFC star, Jonathan Osorio. For those who don't know Oso, he has always been a student of the game, and I'm looking forward to that conversation with him. Also looking forward to the World Cup, and I'm looking forward to the weekend. So let's start that march towards the weekend and those all-important sporting dates by beginning the festivities as we always do with Jesse. First things first. So what it do, Lukaku?
2: Nice. Topical. Topical. You missed one critical sporting event that's coming up in in that intro that you you just didn't. Okay. It's a week from the Masters. It's uh, less than a week to the Masters. Six days. (laughs) That's so bad. Thank golf, it's Friday,
1: Jesse. That's the third time today that that
2: I thought it was Thursday and it's actually Friday, which is just an unbelievable feeling. You don't. You ever have that where it's like you, you think it's one day and then you move along in the week. So no, now I have
1: the look the weekend to look forward what, to. What's worse are the, when those happen on the weekend and you're not working and you get up in a panic for work and or school. Oh, your whole day's ruined. Oh, it's just absolutely. You yeah, <laughs> jump yeah. and you think about the shower. Hearts and,
2: going, yeah. yeah. And then you look around. And you're, Brutal. Oh, right. Yeah, right. Uh, well, luckily for everybody, it is Friday today and this morning or afternoon because it went a pretty long time, was the World Cup draw in Qatar. Uh, Canada was drawn into Group F along with Belgium, Croatia, and Morocco. So, Timmy, is this a good result for Canada? Momentous day. It's it's not
1: easy to draw into a group with the world number two, uh, the world number 16, and Morocco, who's ranked 24th uh, in the world. But... This is the World Cup, and usually when you make the World Cup, you're a pretty good side. That said, I think that Canada legitimately has a chance in each one of these games. Like, if you ranked the groups by average FIFA rankings, which isn't always right, there is a caveat here, FIFA is sometimes uh, loft. But it gives you an idea. It's kind of like a poth. It gives you a value in and around where they are. Group F is the fifth highest group, and only C, H, and A are higher than the group that Canada is in. And let's, mm-hmm. remember, let's remember, Canada just came off wins over the world number nine in Mexico and the world number 15 in the United States of America. So if that swagger that they brought into CONCACAF qualifying is brought to the World Cup I firmly believe they've got a shot in each one of those games but of course starting with the world number two
2: is going to be tough yeah so what's the formula there because I know a lot of people would have preferred to maybe have the schedule flipped around so that you wouldn't be starting up against Belgium so what is the formula now that we know who they're playing to surprise and get points early
1: right right like you got to get points early and Listen, if you lose, as most people will expect Canada to do in that first game against Belgium, then that Croatia game becomes absolutely massive to at mm-hmm. least draw. But the, pre- the, the beauty of, and listen, pressure is a privilege. I firmly believe that. And Canada has earned the privilege of this pressure. But when you go to a World Cup, if you don't get a result in that first game, then the pressure becomes immediate. And we've seen huge nations fall victim to that pressure, knowing that if they don't get that result in that first game, that they have to get it in game two. And so Canada facing it that way, instead of getting Morocco first, where you have an opportunity to get those points. But let's be honest, like, Belgium's good. Croatia, both of them are in the back end of their cycle. Belgium's golden generation. This might be their last real kick at the can. They've obviously got one of the greatest players in the world in Kevin De Bruyne. Um, they've got Romelu Lukaku, as I mentioned, and I wanted to make sure that I got that right. And You may have noticed a stumble to make sure that I didn't get it wrong. Uh, Aiden Hazard, they, they got a great keeper in Courtois. So there, there is absolute world class on that team. And I keep hearing uh, John Herdman refer to it as top five players on top five teams in top five leagues right Mm -hmm. like that's what you're facing in a world cup and Croatia's a football power but they're also an aging squad and there's enough Croatians in and around where we are right now that they know Luka Modric is a former world player of the year he is an unbelievable player he's also going to be 37 at the start of this world cup Perisic is 33 like They've also got a couple other guys that that aren't that old. But it is an aging generation. And when you you are Croatia, who I have an incredible amount of sporting love for Mm -hmm. because they're constantly competing at a high level in a bunch of different sports despite only having 4 million people, but it makes it tougher to regenerate when you are kind of in that transition. And a lot of people wonder, listen, you, you look at it right here. You've got a yeah. semi-finalist and a finalist from last year's, excuse me, from last World Cup in 2018, but that's now four years ago. And you just wonder if this Croatian squad has one last big run in them or this could be the beginning of the end. And it's
2: Canada's opportunity to walk in there. It feels like there were two schools of thought. Many people wanted to see Canada against a top-tier football nation, you kind of got that, or you did get that in Belgium. Yeah. But they also wanted sort of... There's another school of thought that wanted the easiest road possible. It's not that, but it's doable, right? So it's sort of somewhere in the middle between those two.
1: It's not Group A, is what it's you're not, telling
2: me? It's not Group A, which no. is, uh, a lot of people wanted.
1: But and the crossover is going to be tough if they make it through the group, because then you got that group of death that is probably going to be the matchup in the second round of Germany and yeah. or Spain. But if you get there well then <laughs> crazy baby you've gotten there but that's who Canada group,
2: uh, Canada's group will cross over with uh, Spain Germany Japan and the uh, the playoff amazing so an exciting day no doubt James Sherman and Jonathan Vesorio coming up later in the show yes. but for now we go to baseball the Toronto Blue Jays have extended Charlie Montoyo's contract through the 2023 season the deal also includes club options for 2024 and 2025. Montoya was entering his fourth season as Jays manager and he talked about the new deal earlier today.
3: Excited, you know, uh, I love being a Blue Jay, you know, Uh, I love the fans. I love Toronto and and it's exciting and I'm excited about this team, you know, and the team that Mark and Russ have put together. It's it's exciting. So uh, looking forward to another year.
2: Do you think Montoyo has earned the extension he was given today? Well, I think he's excited. Uh, Can we get a count on just
1: how excited he was?
3: Excited. You know, uh, I love being a Blue Jay. You know, uh, I love the fans. I love Toronto, and and it's exciting. And I'm excited about this team, you know. And the team that Mark and Russ have put together is exciting. So uh, looking forward to another year. But, yeah, of course, I'm I'm excited,
2: you know. It's going to be an exciting season for sure. The subtleties of the editing with the bat crack. Is that what it was? I thought it was a bat crack. Brilliant. Well done.
1: I wondered if it was a bat crack. I get the criticism of Charlie Montoyo to answer your initial question Mm -hmm. about whether or not he earned this extension. Uh, I asked Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins about whether or not the game came at Charlie Montoyo a little too quickly in our off-season interviews with both of them. But hell yes, he has earned an extension. Like, after the last two years, if you still think that a manager is simply the guy who pulls the strings on the bullpen and fills out the lineup card, you're an idiot. Like, what they have gone through over the last two years in spring training to Buffalo to Toronto to no fans to fans to... Like, the fact that they've come out this side of it looking this good and still having a tight, cohesive unit, that's what the skipper just did. Totally. Like if you think it's just, after the last two years, if you still think it is just filling out the lineup
2: card and managing a bullpen, I'm sorry, you are lost the plot. Totally. I mean, he should be rewarded for the job that he's done over the last com- number of years and... There's no uh, no firing clause when you sign an extension. Like no. The, the team reserves the right. If the team underperforms, they can make moves with coaching staffs all the time. So. And there's club options on this one, too. Yes, exactly. Right.
1: All right, so uh, Jay's playing the Pirates today in spring training. Yusei Kikuchi um, allowed five earned runs over two and two-thirds in his last start. He gets to start again today. Bottom of the third racks up one of his five strikeouts and, uh, over three and two thirds, four hits, allowed one run and left with a two run so. lead. Top of the seventh, another new Blue Jay. Oh. Rymel Tapia, it's a fast ball in the Silly. leg. Training staff comes out, he leaves the game. Try and get you an update. Four three now, top of the ninth, Matt on Addison oh, Barger. Trouble. Blooper down is. the line. Bly Madras spikes the ball into Whoa. the ground. Oh which is bloopers real tough for a guy trying to make the team.
4: <laughs> Part of a two run
1: inning to make it 6-3. Hey, he put on a he put on a major league uniform, Jesse. It's bad
5: play. Don't chuckle. Baseball's seven. great for bloopers.
1: Uh, it, bottom of the ninth, two on for tayson Chang. He went the other way off of Anthony Castro. Tied it at six. It's not quite a walk-off, but it is because Hush. they agreed to the, there's no tying in tie. baseball. What's going on? Tying. There's no tying in baseball. 6-6 is uh, how they ended up tying a bow on it.
2: Uh, yeah, whatever. You know, it's, it's fun to see it, but it's, again, spring training. Right. Um, let's get to a game that had a lot of significance last night. It's not how, it's how many. And last night, Austin Matthews scored his 50th goal of the season into an empty net as the Leafs win 7-3 over the Winnipeg Jets. Yesterday, you questioned whether this was an historic milestone. So what do you think? Was that an historic empty net goal?
1: Uh, You know, I thought about this more. The, The Leafs, under Harold Ballard, just screwed up their history like absolutely positively treated their history like garbage and have never really gotten it back or created anything worth adding to what is an actually illustrious history Mm -hmm. that they've let fall by the wayside. There's my aside. Maybe setting it in the fewest amount of games that it took to get to that 50 is something worth looking at? 62 games to get to 50 to get to 50 goals is impressive because it puts Matthews on pace for 62 goals, and he would be the first 60 goal scorer since Stamkos in 2011-2012. That's real history. Mm-hmm. What's also real history and/or real is Austin Matthews since the start of last season, since 2020. 2021 started he has 91 goals in 114 games I repeat Austin Matthews has 91 goals in 114 games over the last two seasons the closest person to him over that span is Leon Dreisaitl who has 80 goals and he has played exactly 10 more games than Austin Matthews all that is to say that no matter what the history of the franchise is My guy is making history with the way he puts the puck in the net.
2: What is it, 43 goals in his last 45 games when he had seven in his first 17? like It's just a preposterous pace that he has been on over the last three, four months. And you're looking at probably already the greatest goal scorer in franchise history. Like, really. He doesn't have the most... In franchise history, that's Matt Sundin. But if but he stays a couple more seasons, healthy
1: and in
2: the city long enough, he will be. Yeah, yeah, it's almost a foregone conclusion if he signs another contract with the the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's how good this guy has been. Wow, and also
1: how, I almost said a word that I shouldn't have said, but how terrible the franchise history is.
2: Yes. Like, let's be honest. It's amazing to me that, like, the, the Kessel never scored 50 when he was here. And you look back on, like, the Wendell Clark years and Doug Gilmore, like... There's a big gap there between elite goal scorers and franchise history getting to uh, Austin Matthews. But uh, congratulations. I'll
1: say Mitch Marner is not getting enough love for what Matthews is doing as well. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you've seen his numbers. He's got 58 points over his last 32 games. He's putting in work as well. Uh, Giordano gets his first as a Leaf, but the Jets on the other side of that, like in some deep trouble now. (laughs) Yes. Uh, That coupled with Dallas winning in overtime last night puts them behind... The eight ball. I, listen, Dallas has three games in hand on basically everybody. Um, had it written down here, and now I've lost. Who they out? Oh, Vegas, Winnipeg, and Vancouver, all three games
2: behind. One the year we'll team. have uh, more than three Canadian teams in the playoffs. It Once just hurts. One year it'll happen. And
1: the timing on like the Jets over the last little while, like seven games over twelve days. And
2: they lose Kyle Connor and Nate Schmidt. I mean, that came at the absolute worst time possible. Worst time possible for the Jets. Yeah,
1: That's what I was trying to say with the seven games in 12 days. Without a doubt, it came at a terrible time. And now, like, this is a mountain. They need a Sherpa. Vancouver needs a Sherpa. And there aren't many Sherpas available right now. Looks like
2: it's going to be the Leafs, Calgary, and Edmonton. Are you locking it in? Uh, I think, we, we talked damn. about this like a month ago. It's pretty this damn close. Say? Yeah. It's, it seems like that's, I'm locking it in. Yeah. It's Leafs, Flames, Oilers representing the Canadian flag. Uh, It is a big weekend for the Toronto Raptors as they get set to welcome Kyle Lowry back to Scotiabank Arena on Sunday. But up first, they visit the Magic tonight. You can see it on Sportsnet Ontario and Sportsnet 1 at 7 o'clock Eastern time. Jalen Suggs, the player many Raptors fans wanted instead of future Hall of Famer Scotty Barnes, is out with an ankle injury. Meanwhile, Barnes continues to make his case for Rookie of the Year. The Cavs' Evan Mobley has been the favorite for most of the season. But is the momentum starting to shift? Tim? So let me
1: just, like, can we stop on, like, did the Raptors make the right selection? Are,
2: are, like, are people willing to? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, that's done. That ship sailed a long time ago. Okay. Are you sure? Positive.
1: It's kind of early. It doesn't mean he's future
2: Hall of All Fame. All right, fine. Yeah,
1: you're, you're, you're getting to be a little bit of a homer here.
2: <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: Okay, so who's no. the rookie of the year?
2: No, no, because... No, well, no, who's no, the rookie hold on, of the year? I, hold on, I have to answer your question first. What J- question? J- I didn't ask you a question. Sure, but Jalen Suggs was who people wanted, right? Right. And they ended up taking Scotty Barnes. Uh-huh. So when you look at what could have happened, what the expectation was, it has worked out much more in the Raptors' favor. Uh, who do I think is rookie of the year? I think Scotty Barnes is rookie of the year. But I, I think that because he has been consistent the whole way through. He plays a ton of minutes. Is the rookie. He's, yeah, he's... Yeah, I mean... He's not going to win it if those are the odds, though. Well, no, hold on a second here. He's not going to win it. No, Evan
1: Mobley's out, and the Raptors have passed the Cavs for that. Like, when Evan Mobley built his lead, part of it was he was helping the Cavs to a spot that people didn't see them in. And now the opposite is true. Scotty Barnes is helping the Raptors into a spot that nobody saw them in. And if you look at the advanced numbers, and writers look at advanced numbers... In per, player efficiency rating, guess who's better? Scotty. Scotty Barnes. In win shares, guess who's better? Scotty Barnes. Like, there's there's going to be people, and I guarantee you of this, who have watched Cade Cunningham go on an absolute run of late. His last 20 games, he's averaging 21-6-6. In the month of March, he's averaging... 22.9 points per game, 5.9 rebounds per game, 7 assists per game. He's the first rookie to put up those numbers in a month, minimum 10 games since Michael Jordan. Okay, Cade Cunningham is making a legitimate run after coming off of injury early and being rather inefficient. The the 21, six and six that I mentioned over his last 20, he's doing it on 45% shooting. I'm going a That's long crazy. way here. Stay with me. Cade Cunningham is going to be an all-star in this league, and I think that he may have just stolen some votes from Evan Mobley. And I think that if you're someone who focuses in on advanced numbers and where the team finishes, you may have been on Scotty Barnes already. So I don't think that Cade Cunningham is stealing Scotty Barnes' votes. I think he might be stealing Evan Mobley votes with his run because Scotty hasn't dropped off. The team hasn't dropped off. Mobley's hurt, and his team is dropping off. I think by the end of this, Scotty Barnes
2: might be your Rookie of the Year. That is an excellent point, like a third party in an election. Right, without a doubt. Oh, I like that. I'll take that. Don't
1: start talking about arrangements or no. we'll get tweets. Chairman yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Friends. Michael Grange, yes, Savvy. Michael Grange has more on the Raptors, rookie phenom. <laughs> in the latest words by Grange. Don't write us! I didn't say anything. Words by Grange, That's Scotty Barnes, Rookie. That's player. my fault.
4: <laughs> You're getting a kid who knows how to win. He has an it
5: factor. Scotty Barnes was supposed to be good. The 2021 NBA draft class was deep and Barnes was always near the top of it. Whether he was taken fourth by Toronto or fifth by Orlando, the expectation was a 20-year-old out of Florida State was going to be the kind of player that can help an NBA team for a long time to come.
6: Somebody who has the potential to be very, very special in this game.
5: So let's not rewrite history. Barnes is not one of the best and most surprising stories in Toronto Raptors history because he's good. No, 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 no. Barnes is one of the best surprises in franchise history because more and more, it looks like he might be great.
4: Oh, Scotty Barnes,
1: just like
5: that. <laughs> That's what we know as this regular season comes to a close. Through 82 games, Barnes has shown that in a rookie class overflowing with both quality and depth, the kid with a big smile, a friendly wave, and the bottomless well of playmaking passion just might be the best of a very good bunch. How about Scottie Barnes, right? This
4: kid has done everything.
5: Will he end up joining Damon Stoudemire and Vince Carter as the only Raptors to earn Rookie of the Year honors? He might, and maybe he should. But it doesn't matter, really. Because it's the unknowns that make Barnes so exciting. What position does he play? Honestly, no clue. Who does his game compare to? At this stage, the field remains wide open, but there are no slouches. Only the best comps will do. So maybe with his defense and his smarts, he'll end up as Draymond Green. With more scoring maybe with his ability to overwhelm smaller players and guard anyone on the floor he'll end up a mini Giannis but with better shooting or hell maybe with his flair his smile and his point guard chops he ends up a modern magic johnson but with better
3: hops think about scotty he can play one to five. He can guard one through
6: five. And he takes that challenge yeah. every night.
5: The only thing we know for sure about Scotty Barnes as his first fabulous season comes to a close is that he sailed past good a long time ago. And the possibilities for great are endless. Thank you, Michael Grange. Future
2: Hall of Famer, Scotty Barnes? Seems that way.
1: Magic Johnson, Mini Giannis. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty damn good. Uh, We'll have to see how it works out. Alvin Williams will join us from Orlando to discuss Raptors, Scotty Barnes, Kyle Lowry's return to Toronto on Sunday and how that'll go. James Sharman on the World Cup draw and after the break, speaking of Canadian national team, we'll talk to one of the Team members. Jonathan Osorio stops by to discuss the draw and the journey, next on Tim and Friends.
2: Last ball, Laura. Please be Canada.
4: Canada. And it is Canada.
5: Matthews empty
4: net! There
5: it is! There it is! Number
1: 34 has got 50! Big Pappy's on the board!
5: Make some mistake pitches early on and all sorts of things and then come out and give us his best stuff for the rest of it. I mean, Micah Dallas, Will Johnson, and Brad Rudis all helped us win this game. New address, new colors, new pregame fit, same old Kyle.
6: Chris Rock is my guy guy. Your guy guy. Am
1: I a guy guy now? One of my guy guys. Am I your guy guy? And my guy guy?
4: It's the moment we've all been waiting for. It's time to get ready for the draws. Belgium, Belgium will be going into Group F.
5: Croatia, Morocco.
4: Last ball,
2: Borah. Please be Canada.
5: Canada. Oh, what a, what a,
4: what a group. We're ready to play in Qatar, where we know the teams we've got, and we've we've got a wonderful opportunity ahead of us. Everything that came out of that draw was just opportunity for this country. The players, personally, professionally, the team, collectively, and and as a country. What an opportunity.
1: An historic draw after a historic run from our home and native land. One that I'm not even sure purists saw coming. A World Cup berth, a World Cup group after top-of-the-table finish in CONCACAF. That's exactly where Canada sits. And my next guest, may be one of those purists, a football head through and through, and that's why I've always enjoyed our conversations throughout the years. But he also happens to play a star for TFC and the Canadian national team. Jonathan Osorio, welcome back to the show, so
3: Hey, Tim, thanks for having me, man. It's uh, such a pleasure to be back.
1: Uh, so it's great to have you, my, my dude. Before we get to the draw, like, you're going to the World Cup. Has that sunk in yet?
3: It's incredible, man, like the last few days um especially after the win against Jamaica and the stadium the the state of the stadium and 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 everything and and the aftermath has been honestly incredible it's um it's a dream it's a dream that we're living and 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 the way we've done it and everything it's it's been incredible, so yeah, I'm just honestly trying to to let it sink in and enjoy every moment of it because this is. It, it, it's historic and, and something you know that we'll remember for the rest of our lives.
1: Okay I want to peel back that onion for sure but I got to get to the draw first time since 1986 Canada involved in a World Cup gra- draw. Where did you watch it and what did you think of the group.
3: Yeah. So I was at the training facility right after the training facility I got to watch the the draw and first of all it was incredible that to watch a draw for the first time and, and, and being a part of it was was incredible. Uh, to say the least, and then, and then it's crazy. It's a little bit of, you know, nerves and anxiousness because we were drawn last. We were the very last <laughs> team to get drawn, which was which was crazy. So, no, to see our group. Obviously, it's a it's a tough group. We have really good teams, but I mean, I I wouldn't want it any other way. We're going to the World Cup. We want to play against the best, and and like the gaffer said, it's a, it's a huge opportunity for us and, and the country to, to show ourselves in the world stage.
1: Okay, I know the parents are Colombian, and despite the 1-0 win over Venezuela, Colombia is out. I know you have some history in Uruguay. It, was there a team mm-hmm. that would have made you smile if they were in your group?
3: Yeah, you know, as as the groups were getting chosen in yeah. Canada, we, we were still not in. I, I I saw the group of uh, Portugal and Uruguay, and I, I was kind of hoping that that would that would have been amazing for me personally to 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 be in that group, to play against uh, you know one of the best players in the history of football and Ronaldo, and then Uruguay, where I have a history of where I really I started the. My 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 career and are really focusing on trying to 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 make it professionally and and so yeah I had my I had my eyes set on that group. But honestly, it, it it worked out perfectly. I uh, I can't complain. You and
1: Lucas Cavallini both, right?
3: Right, right, right. I, I think for both of us, even more so him. I mean, he's married. He's married to a uh, to a Uruguayan woman, and yeah. and and his, his first child was born in Uruguay. So uh, that would have been really special for him. I know for sure. So. But, you know, hopefully maybe we see them in the later round.
1: Okay, but hold on. So you're thinking Ronaldo, one of the greatest players of all time in Portugal, but you've got some pretty good midfielders in your draw, like from De Bruyne to <laughs> Modric in the first two games. Like, is that crazy, intimidating, fun, inspiring? Like, what goes through your head when you think your first two games in the World Cup are going to be against guys like that?
3: It's, it's amazing. It's it's, it's it's a dream. It's a dream. You want to be on the same pitch as 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 these guys, and – Honestly, I I look at those two. I've looked at those two as the best midfielders in the, in the world. The two best in the world for the last three, four, five years. And and I mean, Luka Modric plays for for the club that that I I admired looking up uh, growing up in, in Real Madrid. So it's incredible. It's an amazing opportunity. I, 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 like I, I'm speechless just hearing you say those names had put a smile on my face. It's it's something that you know. I can't wait to 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 be a part of with this uh, amazing group that we have in, in in Canada.
1: So I I know like you're right back at it. No rest for the weary with TFC. But when do you start like thinking about looking at tape and watching tendencies and like do you just put that off to the side until you have to?
3: I've been doing that. I've been doing that for awesome. years before this anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I I I always watch these guys. There's I've seen enough tape on these guys. I know how they play and and so. I, and I will never stop watching. I, I always want to watch the football at the highest level, and, and at any level, really. And so, yeah, of course, my focus is now back to TFC and, and how I do with the club. Uh, also, has a lot to do with how I go into uh, how I go into the national team and everything. So it goes hand in hand. But of course, I'll be I'll be I'll be watching the the Modric's and, and and Kevin De Bruyne and their club teams for the rest of this year.
1: Okay, so I mentioned the family, and you talked about what was transpiring on Sunday. I saw some pictures of you and the family at BMO where you play your club football, having just booked your trip to the World Cup. Like, I get the kid who played at Clarkson Sheridan, even the young man who went to Uruguay and Nacional's Academy, and told him he'd be taking picks with the fam at the place where he scored 50-plus goals for club just booked a trip to the world cup like what goes through your mind
3: it's it's incredible honestly i i i can't even explain what what that means to me and that feeling I, I i even trying to just explain to you what i was feeling on sunday um even you know begging the drum in the middle of the field in the middle of bmo yes. in in a in a in a sellout at bmo field where i've I've been blessed to spend the last ten years of my life uh playing there many games and many special nights. It's it's a dream. It's a dream. I'm 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 living my dream and and, and um it's a blessing. A blessing that I, I definitely don't take for granted and those who know me know that I work hard every day to keep this dream alive and, and alive for as long as I can and so I'm just soaking in every moment and enjoying it and and, and also You know striving for more always striving for more I think for me that's that's the most important and and so now looking for the season with TFC and then at the end of the year for the World Cup there's so much more to accomplish and it's, it's just exciting.
1: Chills dude like honestly chills because not a lot of people get to live their dream and I could hear it in your voice I know it from having talked to you in the past like when did you know though also that this team was different?
3: I think when that first camp, when 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 John Herdman took over, um, I think a lot of people didn't know what to expect, including myself. Um, I was very interested in, in in what his vision was, and and the first thing that he said to us uh, was, "I'm taking this team. We're taking this team to a World Cup." And he said, and, he, and I loved how how honest he was with with us, and you can just you can just feel the the belief that he had in saying that. And he, he he you know he said to the, to the group that was in that room i can 't promise you that you will be at the World Cup, but I can promise you that you will be part of the history of of this team of this country getting to the world cup and and it, and, it, and it has come true and it's it's amazing to see so I think when he took over and with, with uh, of course with Alfonso Davies moving to Bayern Munich, and all these young players Jonathan David Kyle Laird, and doing well in European clubs, and the MLs growing and, and all the players doing well in their clubs. All of it came together at at around the same time, and I would say two or three years ago is when you really realized that we have something special here in in Team Canada.
1: Nice. I wrote a little thing after you guys qualified about what I saw on the pitch kind of coming together underneath that Canadian flag and, and in the stands for that matter. And I don't say this often because I think folks in the media say these things way too often, but this group actually feels like a brotherhood. Does it feel that way to you?
3: oh it's definitely a brotherhood and 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 we've had that for a few years now and we're family and what what we've experienced together so far in this time and what we are about to experience is something that uh, we're going to be able to take with with each other for the rest of our lives we'll always be brothers and we'll always be connected because of this experience and it's incredible i've never been you know part of a team like this I feel like it's, it's just rare it's rare to be a part of it. and I'm blessed I'm blessed that I get to experience this with honestly with guys that I really look to look as my brothers and guys I've grown up with you know and 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 we've been through it all and we've it's incredible it's, it's incredible to to do this with with such an amazing group
1: Okay. I'm not going to keep you much longer. I know you're running around. I know the last week has been basically a whirlwind, but I love talking football with you because you aren't just a player. You're a student of the game. And I want to take you back to a conversation that you had with Sid and I on this very show. You were in studio in 2018 and you were talking about what it would mean to play at Azteca when TFC was going to play Club America. And we on this show couldn't help but think of that convo on October 7th when you scored at one of football's great cathedrals. Let me let me take you back and you can hear your voice uh, and then maybe something after.
3: I'm so excited to it! Yeah. This is a huge stadium with uh, so much history. I always remember the Azteca for, for Maradona in the 86 World Cup. Yes. I wasn't even born yet, but just... <laughs> you saw the goal. You know, yeah, yeah, of course. It's like the Bernabeu. It's like, yeah. you know, these... It's like the, the Vatican of right, soccer, right. you know what I mean? Inside,
4: Asurio!
1: Canada's first goal at Azteca since 1980. What went through your mind on that ride home?
3: Oh man, I <laughs> funny. Uh, all the all the guys on the team started saying that I owned the Azteca after that, <laughs> that. I was the owner, and it, it, no, it's it's crazy. It's it's unbelievable feeling to score at that stadium to so have done it now for my club and my country. Is is something I can't even fathom. It's, it's a blessing. Um, I was just glad on that night to help my team. I helped my team get an important point at, at such a hard place to play at, and um, yeah, something I of course I'll remember forever. And I think is a, is a big moment in the qualifying campaign. And at the end of the day, you know, it's crazy. At the end of that game, that we we felt like we we wanted. We felt like we lost two points in that game. Yeah. And I think that mentality, feeling that way was really the change where you really started to feel people believing in uh, in the change of the mindset of, of this country and this team we, we were thinking we had the mindset of champions and and, and it, i think it really started in that game in that result and and was feeling like we lost two points instead of one game when trust me anybody would take a point at azteca if you ask them before the qualifying campaign so Yeah, it it was an incredible night for, for the team and myself.
1: I felt the exact same way sitting at home. That was one of those moments where you're like, this could really happen. You just took one point and it felt like you dominated in that second half at Azteca. And then to do it in the last two windows without Alfonso Davies, just a ton of stuff lined up here that makes it feel so special. But we had you in here four years ago. You have now scored a couple times at Azteca. You're going to the World Cup. Thank you so much for dropping by and kind of sharing that with us again.
3: Oh, man, thanks, Tim. I really appreciate you having, on, having me on, man. It's, it's, it's always a pleasure.
1: Uh, the pleasure is all mine. Jonathan Osorio, thanks. Time for a break. We'll keep the good vibes rolling though. Best of the week coming up next. Alvin Williams, plenty of Raptors talk as they take on the magic on the network. Stay tuned, please, it's our livelihood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim McAuliffe, Jesse Rubinoff here with you for the best of the week. Here's what we do each and every week. We dig deep down in the internet. We comb, we curate, and we bring you the best of the best for your viewing enjoyment. Here's what you do give you some options. You head over to our Twitter account, at Tim and Friends, to vote for your favourite. Here's nominee number one for the best of the week on this Friday. You know what? How about I just say watch your wickets.
4: I bet anyway, right? It's 10 Are you
5: telling
0: me Sharkat's batting more aggressively now than if he wasn't? Oh, Uh-oh, no. big
4: trouble. Might get three here, you know. Well, I
0: Might have a genuine three. I think they're gonna do it. So yeah, the brother's not helping oh. <laughs> 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 yeah.
5: oh
4: no. Oh no. Oh, an no. moment. Oh, oh my word. He's taking it in the gonads. <laughs> <isn't he? laughs> the gonads.
1: Is, is gonads like, are you allowed to <laughs> he use that to word on, on TV? <laughs>
5: oh,
2: we <we're>
4: just dead. <laughs> He's given one, he's taken one. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, oh, i Oh, shocker! He's oh, out a shocker, of the, the shocker, mate! He's running the worst game of his life. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! <laughs>
1: Was it really that funny?
4: I'm oh, done! No. Oh, that's the best Once
1: thing I've ever laughing, seen in my life! That's what makes it good <laughs> though. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm no, saying. No doubt
4: about it either. Right, well, runs us everything. Around. He runs 66 <laughs> yards. And here's <laughs> his reward. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're right, because if they stop laughing after 10 seconds.
4: Oh man! <laughs> oh my ribs! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we'll be oh, singing no. the Croatian oh, boys' bring, choir when he goes home. Bring the rain back. Bring the <laughs> rain back. Call <laughs> <Bring laughs> it the
1: off. Back. They were tired drunk. Yeah. And what I mean by that is sometimes when you get tired, you get a little giddy. Get the giggles. And then things like that. There was another
2: minute that we cut off of that. Yeah. yeah. Laughing's great, though. It just spreads joy.
3: Oh,
1: yeah. Without a doubt, it's, it's a contagious. Minute. Yeah. Without a doubt, it's contagious. All right. Athletes get injured all the time and are listed as questionable or game time decisions all the time. That can make it tough for a sideline reporter to speculate on status. But when it came to Jermichael Green's status, Nuggets reporter Scott Hastings used to play in the league and wanted a definitive answer. So where do you go for the definitive answer? You go to the dude.
3: I saw Jermichael Green
2: warming up behind you. Any word yet on if he's able to go tonight? I think he was questionable coming into
4: this game. Well, I'll ask you. Where would okay. he go? Yeah. Hey, he the- <laughs> Hey, Jermichael. You playing? <laughs> no, nah, he's not playing.
3: That's how do tell I you do it. All he got to wait <laughs> for all these, these letters. he got to wait
4: for all these letters and stuff to come out. Just asked the dude. <laughs> and he said he wasn't playing.
1: That's my kind of so, reporter. Right now. Letters
2: though. Like, letters. What does he get like? Pigeons to fly in the well, injury
1: report? Well, releases, I think,
2: is yeah. <laughs> I I know, think I'm, just, I'm just picking them apart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you think Scott Hastings is on Twitter waiting yeah, for those releases? That's true. Definitely not. <laughs> uh, definitely not. They're emailed to maybe his computer? <laughs> yeah. Probably not as Someone phone.
2: just tells him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got the letter. All right, to be an elite pitcher in baseball, you need to remain calm, cool, mm. and collected at all times, especially in high-pressure situations. The Texas AM baseball team put one of their own to the test. In fact, they've done this a couple of times. Post game interview, you think you get to relax? Helma. No. Logan, uh, I want to have you brag on one of your teammates here for a minute. He's kind of an unsung hero of the game in Micah Dallas. It's 4 nothing with a runner at, first, at second with nobody out, and he basically shut down
5: Auburn from that point forward. How big was he? 100%. That just shows what type of veteran he is. He can- make some mistake pitches early on and all sorts of things, and then come out and give us his best stuff for the rest of it. I mean, Micah Dallas, Will Johnson, and Brad Rudis all helped us win this game. That was a great effort out of the pen and a hell of a start for Micah.
1: Well, if you can fight
4: through all this, I got one more question for you.
1: Look at
5: these hands, though.
4: Yeah, look at,
1: my God, six for six, five for five on the glove toss there. (laughs) Yeah, give him a Pringle. Five for five on the toss, and he caught the. Hell, <laughs> you gotta throw him two minis.
2: Spoke to, me. He's- He's to and- That was the worst thing. Uh, <laughs> it was like Connor McDavid's first pitch. Rose rolls into record. It, Con yeah don't don't um, slander just, Connor McDavid's on, name first
1: I thought he was trying to beat me with him and then I realized right we're we're doing oh, the can you do the so interview good. and catch <laughs> man, doing five. Anyways, the I gotta, goalie. Gotta bust t- it y- up. Can man. you tell Head me, over we're our goalies? Twitter account at Tim and Friends to make your pick. And if you missed <laughs> any of the nominees, you can find them on our Twitter as well. We'll reveal the winner at the end of the show.
2: Oh 50 Cent over here. <laughs> just Jesse. Crushing it. Oh,
1: oh, three oh. for three coming up. Thank you. The Raptors, Thank just you. six games yeah, to go in the regular yeah. season, getting close to locking up. A spot in that top six. They're in Orlando tonight before welcoming Kyle Lowry back to Toronto on Sunday. We'll discuss with Alvin Williams. I don't think anyone's going to throw anything at him. We'll do it next from Orlando. Jesse, look out, look out, look out! One more! <laughs>
5: now, time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McAuliffe and friends of the show.
1: Don't scare me like that. Thank you, Sheepdogs. Back here, hour number two on Tim and Friends. Full hour on Sportsnet 360, which includes James Sherman to help us break down the World Cup draw. Just a half an hour to go on Sportsnet Ontario. Alvin Williams live from uh, Orlando in just a couple minutes. Raptors magic on the network. But first, that World Cup draw. Uh, let's get you caught up to date if you are just getting home at this hour canada in their second ever men's world cup first in 36 years will get belgium croatia and morocco now could have been worse belgium one of the world's best but have failed to deliver in major tournaments croatia they were finalists in 2018 but let's be honest the team is getting up there in age and they're trying to transition Morocco, ranked above Canada in the FIFA World Rankings for what it's worth, but are a very beatable team for Canada. Not to say they're easy, but they are beatable. Now, the schedule, that's a little different. Canada will play Belgium first, followed by Croatia and Morocco to finish up that group stage. If Canada were to get through the group, a date with Germany or Spain would likely await in the round of 16, but one game at a time, and Coach John Herman reacted to the draw a little earlier today.
4: Belgium, we know their quality. Players like De Bruyne and Lukaku and what they've done on the international stage and then the Croatians, who four years ago were the, the finalists. I mean, this is what we want. We want that underdog story. I think we'll be at our best when we rely on our grit, our spirit. And then to bring that, that no fear you know, that opportunity that exists in them type of games against the best players in the world.
1: As mentioned, more with Charman on the draw in a bit. Great news for Canada and Alfonso Davies as Bayern Munich announced that he will be back for the second leg of their Champions League quarterfinal against Villarreal, which goes April 12th. Davies has been out since December, dealing with myocarditis. To baseball, the Jays have given Charlie Montoyo a one-year extension today, inking him through 2023. Then, there are team options for the following two years. Montoyo entering his fourth season as the Jays' manager, having made the playoffs in the shortened season in 2020, and of course, missing by a game last year. The Jays also announced today that David Phelps has made the team in the bullpen. We knew that Yusei Kikuchi had made the team because he's getting paid large. He struggled in his last outing, giving up five earned over uh, two and two-thirds, but looked pretty good today. Five strikeouts over three and two-thirds. He allowed four hits in just one run. Top of the seventh, another new J, Rymel Tapia. Rymel Tapia. Takes a fastball in the leg. Training staff comes out, left the game. Top of the ninth, 4-3 Toronto. Addison Barger. Down the line. Now watch this, Bly Madras. Oh. spike of the football. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Sebi, oh, no. it was like Sebi the ball. throwing the balls to me exactly right there.
5: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Except this guy's wearing a Major League Baseball yeah. uniform. It was part of a two-run inning, made it six-three. Bottom of the ninth, Bly two on. Sung Che Cheng down with OFP. Yeah, you know me. Tied the game off of Anthony Castro. Because it's the spring. In the oh. bottom of the ninth. You know, the they decided finish. to shake hands and call it a tie. Six, six, tie. Who there's says there's no four, tying in tie. baseball? Yeah, Heard that, though. Sebi, another ball fella. The only you think about throwing that... Uh, listen, uh, it appears as though Jacob DeGrom's not throwing any balls for the next little while. Not good. MRI today re- revealed a stress reaction in his scapula. DeGrom had a 1080 ERA and 15 starts before being shut down last season. 108. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, Meantime, big one-for-one trade in the Majors today. White Sox trading their closer Craig Kimball to the Dodgers for outfielder AJ Pollock. Kimball will take over as the Dodgers' closer after Kenley Jansen signed with the Braves. Um, 21 home runs going back the other way. So a pretty significant deal in Major League Baseball today. Hoping that uh, they both end up in the World Series because they're both good teams. At least that's why you make the deal. To hockey. The Oilers hosting the Blues tonight. You can see this one regionally on Sportsnet West. 7 p.m. local time. Every game, a big one at this one, at this point of the season, as the Oilers try and cement a playoff spot with more on tonight's game. Hopefully Gene won't stumble like I am. Here's Gene Vincent. Pitt.
4: Tim, the Edmonton Oilers have been nothing short of sensational on home ice. They've won eight straight coming into tonight's game against the St. Louis Blues. With a victory against the opposition, they will make it nine in a row at Rogers place, which would tie a franchise record. Now, this is a personal record for Leon Drysaddle, who previously hit the 50-goal plateau with a goal tonight. He'll hit 50 again for a second time in his career, and he'll equal uh, the goal-scoring leader right now. I think he plays for Toronto, a guy named Austin Matthews. So that's an incredible race going on between those two for the Rocket Richard Trophy. Mike Smith and Ryan Nugent Hopkins admitting this morning that they do watch some of the other scores and games going on around the National Hockey League. For example, last night, L.A. defeating Calgary, the Kings picking up two points. So that means heading into this evening's matchup while the Oilers do have two games in hand. On the second place Kings in the Pacific Division, Tim, they are three points back and hoping to make up two of those this evening if they can defeat the Blues.
1: Oh ice advantage it's big thanks G. raptors in orlando tonight to face the magic raptors have won four in a row enter two and a half games up on the Cavs, holding the all-important sixth spot see it on sportsnet ontario and one starting with the pregame 6:30 eastern time part of that broadcast on sportsnet one and sportsnet ontario is a good friend alvin williams who joins me now from orlando what's going on al how are you man What's up, my friend? I got to say that all the time now, my friend. Yes, you are a friend of the show and uh, hopefully uh, hopefully, still a friend of mine, even though you're big time and now on these NBA brides. Uh, you know that today began the U Sports Final Eight, Alvin, oh, on man. CBC, where, where you and I first got acclimated.
6: Some good times. I miss <laughs> those times, me struggling, announcing names, pronouncing names, everything, that, that was a challenge, but you,
1: you carried me through pulled me through, them big shoulders of yours. You held me down. Uh, we we got through it together and had some uh, good nights out, uh, some good food along Very the way. Very good night. Yes, <laughs> we did. Uh, I, big picture, Al. How impressed with you, are you of the Raptors and where they're at right now? Like I was just as we were talking about the sixth spot and passing the Cavs and where they are. Like, I was pretty impressed with. Given where they were at the start of the year, like we were talking like 30 to 40 wins, and now they could be six or five here.
6: Yeah, I'm very impressed. When you think about all the challenges throughout the season, whether it's through COVID, whether it's through injuries, whether it's just through the coaching staff having to figure out what a lineup would be best for the production. Just, you know, going to a shortened lineup, then putting people in like a place and a plug and play type of, and then you just saw like players just step up throughout the season. It was just unbelievable to really see how a team could come together. But that starts, once again, that's the foundation, and that's something that's been developing over the years. It's been from years now, but it, the standard is high. And everyone in that locker room has met that standard, and they're still pushing forward to try to even push that standard higher. So I'm very impressed. And it's something enjoyable to see because there wasn't a lot of expectation. I think in the locker room, they had their own expectation, but there were a lot of doubts. But moving forward, everyone, the expectations are high, and now we're looking to see how people perform in the closing of the season.
1: The, uh, the over and under in Vegas, 36 and a half going into the season. Jesse and I were talking about taking the over at the start of the year. The other thing that we, uh, we wondered if you should dabble on at the start of the year was scotty barnes for rookie of the year interesting spot to have that conversation alvin where a lot of the uh... magic fans were celebrating when Jalen suggs fell to them uh... that drama pretty much squashed when it comes to raptor fans uh... whether or not they should have taken Jalen suggs or scotty barnes
6: Oh man when you get to see scotty barnes night in and night out like the raptors fans and people that follow the raptors and just NBA, you know, fans in general, you see what type of talent he is. Jalen Suggs is a is a great talent as well. But what what Scotty Barnes have done for the Toronto Raptors, fitting right in, fitting the mold of, you know, the 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 style of that that Nick Nurse wanted to play, being someone that can handle a basketball. Play multiple positions offensively and defensively. And his character, loving to play the game. His personality hes always joyful. He's always out there with a bounce to his step. And you can see how it's infectious with his teammates. So just that pick was a great pick. And if you talk to anybody from Florida, Florida State, anywhere around that area, they always knew that he was probably the best player in their eyes in the draft. So they're not surprised. I guess the rest of us are a little surprised. But he's been showing and proving since the day he stepped foot in Canada.
1: Rookie of the year or
6: Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, who do you like? You you know, I like like Scotty because, once again, I have the luxury to see him play and I have the luxury to see how important he is to a winning team. Like we talked about the Raptors not having many expectations and not being sure where they would be at the end of the season. But without him, the Raptors would not be here. And you can look at the same with Evan Mobley. But the other guys, it's rare that you have a rookie that's going to be impactful on winning teams. Usually if you're a rookie, you yeah. go to losing teams. So that's the luxury that the Raptors have, as well as the two rookies when you have Evan Mobley and, once again, Scotty Barnes. But they are very impactful and very valuable to the winning of the Toronto Raptors. So I would give those two guys the nod, and I'm going with Scotty Barnes because – I'm always for the home
1: team. All right, so the, uh, the home team is playing tonight against Orlando, and they're also returning home on Sunday to take on the Heat, which will be a really interesting matchup. Um, Kyle Lowry returning to Toronto. You and I have been around long enough to know that these returns to Toronto haven't always gone well for the stars of the past, but this one's going to be completely different. Uh, there should be some chills on Sunday when Kyle returns, no?
6: No, it will be. And knowing Kyle, just knowing him how he was as a youngster, and I know he'll be emotional. I will know he'll appreciate it because Kyle always grew up like, I don't care. I don't care about this. I don't care about them. It's all about you know me moving forward, becoming better. But, you know, as a young man, he's grown, he's mature, and I think he really values and appreciates people appreciating him and really taking notice of the things, the great things that he's, he's accomplished because he's worked so hard. And when you're working hard, you're not doing that – to get the fans to cheer for you, to leave a team and come back and get acknowledged. You're not working for that. You're working to get your your spot solidified. And Kyle did that, but along the way, he's a true professional. He was a leader. He's a champion. He's a father. He's all these things through that course. So I'm sure when you start thinking about it, you reflect of how your life truly changed on and off the court in that moment. And the Toronto fans, I know they're going to do a great job of reminding him and making sure that he's not forgotten and he'll always be loved and cherished. And appreciate it in Toronto and in Canada.
1: I hope they give enough time of silence after announcing him for the proper standing ovation. Like sometimes they're playing music, sometimes they they want to announce the next guy. Like I hope they just let it breathe because that standing ovation could be long.
6: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they have it all figured out. I'm sure. I'm not the professional at that, but I'm sure it'll be a nice I'm- a nice ceremony you know brief ceremony but you know it's game day and we still got the raptors we still got to get a win hey listen but, um, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm laying I'm sure the groundwork here al
1: i'm trying to i'm trying to plant some seeds and some mines here let it breathe <laughs> yeah let it breathe let it breathe i'm with you i'm with you i'm sure they have it all put together hey uh are the heat good after that uh that jimmy butler stuff on the bench
6: yeah they're good man that's that's one of those things where – you and actually, you've seen that in Miami before. I've seen Dwayne Wade have multiple blow-ups. I've seen LeBron James' so-called bump Spolcher out the way. I've seen those guys argue. I've seen Chalmers, and I've yeah. seen it. I mean, you've seen those type of arguments. But the Heat, they have an environment. And they have a culture where you see that toughness. And I think, once again, a Pat Riley – who encourages that type of interaction as long as you can be professional enough to get past it. And they have enough leadership, they have enough maturity on that, on that side, and they have a winning coach that understands that who's been through it. So I'm sure they're good. If they lose, it's not because of team dissension.
1: I, I always feel like the gem cannot be polished without friction, Alvin. Every oh, once in a while, sure. you know, we grew up in football where a training camp fight uh, coaches would enjoy. It like yeah. uh, proves that the guys are into it. So I'm not really worried about that either. Uh, do, do the Raptors, do you know who the Raptors want in the front? Oh, yeah, my man. D. You, you, you got Maddie a special D. guest. Matty <laughs> D. Uh, he, loves the, he loves the camera, doesn't he? <laughs> That's my man. <laughs> um, do you know who the Raptors want in the first round? Anybody, man. I, yeah. You
6: know, we Maddie and I were talking about that today. I don't think players have that conversation of who you're looking to play against. Maybe that's something hidden in the upper management or the coaching staff when you're trying to game plan and you, you're trying to put things together. But from a player standpoint, I've never been in that situation where we're like, you know, I hope we play Boston instead of the Sixers. Or, you know, anytime you thought about that, it's probably like the location. Maybe you get some heat, but it's never – afraid of the competition or, or shying away from competition because or who you're going to meet potentially in the first round. Because at the end of the day, if you go as far as you plan on going, you're going to have to meet the best teams at some point. So I don't think the, play, the Raptors are worried about anything.
1: All right. Uh, last one for you. And this is one Jesse and I have gone back and forth on for maybe the entirety of the season. And he may have swayed me the last time we chatted, but I was saying MVP of the league. I thought people are sleeping on Giannis way too much, and I heard that his odds in Vegas went from plus 1,200 last night to plus 550 today. Like, they have gone down immensely. Jokic is your favorite. Embiid is second. Al, about 30 seconds here. Who you got for MVP?
6: Man, I'm I'm, I'm going with Embiid. I'm going with Embiid because I've seen – where that team was, right? No Ben Simmons. It was so much uncertainty. And then you make a trade for James Harden, and it's still not – it hasn't matured yet. It hasn't panned out the way they think it's going to pan out or they thought it was going to pan out initially. But Embiid, numbers are still there. He's driving this team to be a top-four team in the East. Now, those other guys, they're great great players, no doubt about it. But I think coming into this season, the uncertainty without – the Sixers not having a, a Ben Simmons and all the friction and all the conflict with that whole environment, Joel Embiid has held that team down and he's still doing it for the whole season. So he's right there and he he's my MVP this year.
1: Jesse, you know how he said he was for the home team. Yeah. Yeah, right. You don't even have to no, ask I, him. I,
6: I'm not I'm not a Philadelphia you know
1: <laughs> I, I <love> it. <laughs> oh, okay, hold on, hold on. I, I, hold I was on, hold on. Before you finish this sentence, Kansas or Villanova. <laughs> now, now I'm a Villanova guy. I live in Villanova,
6: so I'm a, I'm a suburbanite now.
1: All right, I understand. Uh, you, how does, J, just quickly, how does Jay Wright do this, like Jay Wright's the
6: man. He he he's. We talked about culture. Yeah. He, he recruits the kid, the family. He yeah. he has the standards. And those kids, they believe. If you walk on that campus and you walk in that gym, those kids are stopping what they're doing. They're coming to speak to you. They're speaking to your kids. They're speaking yeah. to your family. They're speaking. They're, they're going to have conversations. It's an unbelievable culture there with discipline, with with courtesy, with with respect, with appreciation, and they just got a toughness about them. Yeah. And that, that's what Jay Wright exemplifies. And that's what he's that's what he, he doesn't stand for anything less. So I think when you have that and you have that consistency, you're always going
1: to find yourself in a winning place. Uh, We always win when you do this show. Thank you, Alvin. Thank you, man. There is Alvin Williams in Orlando. Game coming up in mere moments. Time for a break. More Raptors coming up as we look ahead to Kyle Lowry's return to Toronto on Sunday. Plus, it's Friday, so Jesse will bring you Thank Golf It's Friday eventually. Mm -hmm. Jam-packed show. We continue next with a little more Raptors. Timmy Friends continues on SportsNet and SportsNet360 for about nine minutes, just in time to get to our Friday segment that is becoming a stalwart here. Jesse Rubinoff. What a recovery after week one. Yeah,
2: week one was a struggle, but we settled into a groove. We persevered. On Thank Golf, it's Friday. Yeah, I mean you said it. That's the name of the segment. It is time for Thank Golf. It's Friday. Oh, yeah, you even got, got sound, sound effects on clapping, oh, yeah. golf clapping. So peaceful. It's such a perfect thing for Friday. Uh, okay, so we've spent this week obviously talking about Tiger Woods. Thank you for the clapping, because if he plays, we'll spend next week talking about him as well. But for the moment, I want to draw attention to something pretty seismic that happened in golf last week. We have a new top-ranked golfer in the world. If I asked ten casual golf fans, how many would know the name? Scotty Scheffler, and how many would know that he's number one? Five? Maybe? But that is where we are at the moment. He was a star coming out of college, but this ascent has happened very quickly. Three wins, Tim, in the last two months, including last week at the Match Play Championships beating Kevin Kisner in the finals. (laughs) It's happened so quickly, Tim, Mm -hmm. that Scotty Scheffler has broken a couple of long-standing Tiger Woods records on his rocket ship. To number one. It took Tiger 252 days from his first victory to reach world number one. Scotty did it in just 42 days. That's crazy. He started 2022 the 12th ranked golfer in the world. It took Tiger nine weeks from cracking the top 10 to get to the top spot. Scotty did it in just six weeks. Six weeks.
1: Yeah. Does that speak to his talent or kind of
2: sort of the monotony of the golf world right now? Well, having a player win three times in the span of two months is so rare that yeah. you are rewarded in the point structure for the world golf rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we look ahead to next week, this has obviously been a meteoric rise for Scheffler. Uh, he is 16-1 to 1 to win the Masters, which for the top-ranked golfer in the yeah. world and someone coming off of three a bit of wins in two months. Yeah, hear and he was pretty good last year at the Masters as well. So uh, if you're looking for, for value... Could be there. After this segment, those odds are probably gonna be driven down drastically. Yeah, but you, he's probably gonna be the tournament favorite after I just said that. Can
1: you uh, can you do me a, a solid favor and yeah. wait till Monday to bet your futures? Yes,
2: I will do that. <laughs> Trust me on this. <laughs> Very nice. The
1: deep wait cut. It's deep cut. People, the, the ones who get it, get it.
2: Yeah. So if you didn't know about Scotty Scheffler, uh, now you know. He is the top-ranked golfer in the world. Meanwhile, a former top-ranked golfer in the world, Jordan Spieth, is having a bit of a time at the Valero Texas Open. He is the defending champion. Uh, that's, yeah, I mean, that's short putt. Yeah, but uh, Timmy?
5: Oh, oh. no.
2: No, no, Jordan. My goes in the woods. Jordan. Now, he was hovering around the cut line for a while there, so uh, nerve-wracking times for Spieth, but he did, in fact, make the cut, the defending champion, 6 back as we go into the weekend at the Valero Texas Open. So, thank golf. It's Friday. Big week next week, Timmy. Big week. Man. <laughs> thank <laughs> golf. It's Friday. Thank you for the update.
1: Jesse and I brought up Scotty Scheffler earlier in the week, so I am one of those five.
2: All right. Back to the Raptors.
1: Uh, Raptors Central coming up in mere minutes from now on Sportsnet Ontario. SportsNet won ahead of the Raptors and the Magic. Sunday will be an emotional one at Scotia Bank Arena as Kyle Lowry returns for his first game since being traded to the Heat. And with it, another opportunity for words by Grange.
5: In case you were wondering, he hasn't changed. New address, new colors, new pregame fit. Same old Kyle.
4: And Lowry took it away from Ball. Oh my! Lowry threw a strike, and Yurts have been rammed at home. Offensive foul.
5: Kyle Lowry
4: does it again. He's a championship
5: point guard. The Duke can flat out play all good things come to an end and when kyle lowry took his unique talents to south beach it marked the official end of the greatest era in raptors history but it marked a new beginning for Lowry. at 35 years old and in his 16th season the kid from north philly is being discovered anew but don't get it twisted there is nothing new about kyle lowry He was heat culture before there was a hashtag. Take it from a fan base that knows Kyle Lowry has only ever been about winning. You gotta
4: love Kyle Lowry as quarterback number one in Miami.
5: So yeah, Miami, enjoy the full K-Lo experience. Those look ahead passes that are in and out of his hands before he takes one of those choppy little footsteps. The pull-up threes going hard to his left hand when the shot clock is running out. Yep, we know it well. How about those pinpoint lobs and the seeing eye pocket passes and the barreling drives where the ball ends up in the basket and number seven ends up on the wood. The steals, the deflections, the fouls he never, ever, not one time, ever commits. And yes, the charge is drawn. We hope you're appreciating it, Miami. We hope you enjoy Kyle Lowry and all his hustling, hard playing, rep debating glory. Understand that he's making your team better, your lineup smarter, and every player on it tougher. Enjoy it, Miami, because up here in the North, we sure did.
1: Without a doubt, and because of it on Sunday, it'll be one of those special days, and I'm glad that. In the end, the return came with what will be a full building.
2: Totally. I mean, remember how emotional it was for for Vince? And now Kyle has unanimously taken over as the Grote. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be that much more magnified. And you're right. Like, the fans being back in the building is what's going to make this entire
1: there's no Vince with this dude. Like... Vince had the ups, the downs, the sitting and out, The sitting out, the jumper's knee. Yeah. yeah. No, but the turn of the fans. Like, yeah. this dude is beloved. Oh, yeah. And, like, if the timing is right and the crowd is in there and seated in a Sunday, will definitely help that as opposed to, say, a weekday when people have to battle traffic, mm-hmm. getting there and mm-hmm. all those things. Uh, get there early if you're going down because it could be a very special day. And I wouldn't be surprised, Kyle... Picks up a charge, and you may hear that <laughs> crowd cheer for an opponent for uh, one of the very few times in history. Oh, I
2: think they're going to cheer every time he scores. No, yeah, yeah I think so. No. I think so. There's going to be no. a contingent of fans. No. no, you don't do that. Well, I'm just saying. I think some people are going to do it, but but you don't. No, no. I mean between not, you and not the
1: yeah yes yes between ag- you and me. Agreed. You shouldn't do
2: that. I agree. Yeah. He's an if, opponent now.
1: He is. Yeah. You give him his love. Yes. In the pregame. Yeah. And then once the game starts. He is now your enemy. That's the way sports works. If he does something that you appreciate, like maybe draw a charge,
2: okay. Yeah. <laughs> there couldn't be knowledge of that. I just don't want the Raptors to play the Heat in the first round. Um, well, it might be. Yeah. It just don't want to lose to Larry. Be. That would not be fun for anyone. Who says you lose? Yeah, I'm just, you know... Remove, the option. Two up
1: Remove on the, the option altogether. They're two up on the Celtics. Though. Yeah,
2: okay.
1: All right, time for uh, another break here. We're going to send it to the Raptors pregame show on Sportsnet Ontario. Meanwhile, Sportsnet West Pacific and East, you guys are going to get Hockey Central. As for us, we'll be back on Sportsnet 360 as we break down Canada's World Cup draw with James Sharman. What does it all mean? Well, we'll discuss it with the host of the Footy Prime podcast. And maker of proper pies, James Charlotte. To the rest of you, we'll talk to you soon. Stick with us on 360. For those who weren't paying attention earlier today, Canada was in their first World Cup draw in 36 years and ended up in Group F with the number two ranked team in the world, Belgium, number 16, Croatia, number 24, Morocco. And number 38, Canada. Here to break that down and tell you what it means is our friend, host of Footy Prime Podcast, Sportsnet employee, and maker of a proper pie, James Sharman. What's going on, Sharms?
0: Not much, Timmy. Uh, a really fun day, wasn't it? Oh, it was? You know, we, we... Sorry, I interrupted you there. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> oh. That was
1: me. That was all on me. I was going to say, once we got by all the cheese at the start... We ended up getting to the good parts of this thing,
0: and there was plenty of cheese, wasn't there? Oh and there Let always is, you, though. No one does it better than FIFA, do they? Wow! I mean, to, <laughs> to launch this this wonderful day of football news with a mascot announcement. Wow! <laughs> I, I I don't know why why they do these things. I mean, it's a silly mascot. Yeah, it's I, not funny. No, it's not entertaining.
1: No. No, no one really cares except for like some twelve-year-old kid somewhere saying, "Oh, that's a pretty cool mascot." All right, so tell (laughs) (laughs) this guy. (laughs) Yeah, who's he? I I don't know, but he's probably famous somewhere. And hey, we got a mascot.
0: Uh, It's like a. I don't know what he is. Do you you remember the name? I don't. No, but it means really good footballer apparently. Sorry, that's literally the. Yeah, what it means. Laib. There there it is. I saw it. Laib. Lahib, okay. Lahib, there we go. Yeah, I'll be buying one of those, that's for sure. (laughs)
1: Uh, So once we got by the pop and circumstance, and by the way, some of these uh, tricksters at the start couldn't juggle the ball either, (laughs) which was amazing. Uh, But what do you make of where Canada ended up in the group?
0: I got to say, it's it's a good draw for Canada uh, on a few levels. Firstly, it is a group that Canada can be optimistic and confident of putting a, a good performance. Now, there's some good teams in that group, don't get me wrong, but um, Croatia is an aging team. They're, they're a really good team with great pedigree, some wonderful class in that that starting eleven. but they're aging. And Canada's dynamic youthful exuberance could cause issues. Morocco, listen, again, pedigree. Six World Cups they've been to. 2018 yeah. that they drew Spain, they're okay, but they're not great And listen, Belgium's Belgium, right? It's still their golden generation. They're still a wonderful team, one of the favorites of this this World Cup. But to kick things off against Belgium would be a great barometer as to where Canada's at. Um, I I like it a lot. Um, they They should be the underdogs in this group, 100%. It'll be a surprise for them to progress, but it's certainly not impossible. So let's talk about Belgium off the top. This is a golden generation
1: but to be honest, uh, they haven't done all that well in major tournaments, given what kind of skill they have on that team.
0: Yeah, I know people have criticized them because of this this tag of golden generation, but they've made quarterfinals and semifinals of World Cups and and uh, Euros, of course. Right, uh, Man for man, they've got so much talent there. Kevin De Bruyne has rediscovered his form this season at Man City. He's still I'll be the best player in English football, certainly uh, one of the best players in world football. He got couture in goal you got Lukaku who's beleaguered at Man United but uh sorry Chelsea but he's still a very very good player for his country they're 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 aging somewhat but they're still going to be a favorite they're the first in the world in the world rankings up until this past week so you know we, we shouldn't be thinking oh there's an opportunity you know, If you get anything in that game, frankly, it's, it's gravy. Um, There's still going to be a team to beat in this tournament to play a great brand of football. It's going to be a lot of fun seeing Canada try to defend against them, that's for sure. I was kind of hoping that uh, Belgium might leave Michy Batshuwe off the
1: team because... He plays at Bashiktis with Laren and Hutchison. So any thought of the, like, hey, they might be sleeping on these guys, never heard of them? Like, I hope Batshuay is nowhere near the squad to whisper to Belgium, <laughs> maybe these guys might be better than we think.
0: Yeah, it's a few of those stories, actually. there's. Yeah. Uh, I think Morocco's got a couple of players who play with Sam Adekubi in right. turkey as well yeah so you know the way the way the football industry works now everyone knows who everyone is you know no one will surprise anyone if they do then it's, it's their fault I, I do wonder if the fact canada did lose a couple of games towards the end there at qualifying makes them a little bit under the radar compared to how they gone unbeaten in qualifying but right. i think when it comes down to it you've got seven months for these teams to prepare for each other there'll be no secrets there? you know you know john herbin will certainly um, be overanalyzing everything, as we will, and so will, you know, their opponents as well. So I think tactically it'd be very interesting, but there'll be no no surprises in these groups. And if there is, then that's a big issue for that coaching staff.
1: I uh, firmly believe that pressure is a privilege, but given the way this schedule works out for Canada, it could hit them really quickly, couldn't it?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the 23rd is the first game against Belgium, yeah. right? That's the one. And you have about a week or so to prepare for that game. It's, it's a very short window from the European seasons in particular ending and this starting. Now, of course, MLS will have been out for a while, so so they'll have a, a longer camp together. But then that game against Croatia four days later is absolutely key because, as yeah. I mentioned before, that is a is an aging Croatia team. You get something in that. And then that Morocco game suddenly becomes the, the, the big one. And that could be the opportunity that can has been waiting for. You know, I, I found it interesting to me how post-match, post-match, post-draw, John Herban was saying how this World Cup is just about the experience and enjoying the experience for his players, and that you need to experience a World Cup before you really compete in, in a World Cup. For me, that's a, a coach taking the pressure off his players straight right. away. Right, right now, I think it's really smart. Nothing that comes out of John Herman's mouth isn't strategic. So that's going to be, I think, his mantra between now and the the World Cup itself. Don't expect too much from these guys. It's really our first World Cup together. Um, Believe it if you will. I'm sure it's a different message in the room, but I thought that was very interesting.
1: A lot of people were talking about Group E as the group of death. Uh, In the end, is it just Spain and Germany walking through and it's not as if it's that much (laughs) of a group
0: of death? Well, it's probably going to be Costa Rica, right, yeah. as the other team. They're yeah. playing New Zealand. I can't imagine Costa Rica not beating New Zealand. But I, I think you're right there. Spain are a real dark horse for me to win the whole thing. They were great at Euro. Just losing, of course, in the semifinals on penalties. They played a wonderful modern style of football with Luis Enrique. A tiki-taka type style. Really a throwback to those Barcelona teams and the old Spain teams. They were fantastic. And Germany, the team that's really trying to rebuild after a poor World Cup, a very average Euro as well. They're getting younger as well, but they're still kind of transitioning out some of the old guard there as well. So they're not quite the powerhouse they once were, but they are for sure the the class in that group. And I think it's probably fair to say that is the group of death. I've seen worse groups of deaths, quite honestly, but that's certainly the one in this World Cup. Yeah, tough draw for
1: Japan, without a doubt. Did... uh... Did England do well in their draw? And I've had to listen to it's coming home for a long time, James. Could it actually come
0: home? Uh, Well, the the song itself is kind of ironic, right? So let's not say we're all egomaniacal morons in England. Most (laughs) of us are, but not all of us. There's some tongue-in-cheek there. (laughs) Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. yeah, Um, You know what? It's a really good group for England. There's no doubt about it. They are the class in that group. It would be interesting if it's going to be Wales- scotland or ukraine in that euro playoff spot yeah. um, obviously ukraine for obvious reasons but if it's italy sorry if it's wales or or scotland they always play england really hard because they hate them with an absolute passion <laughs> right um but the crossover is pretty good with group a you know because the way it works is first in group a plays second in group b and second in group b you, you get the idea mm-hmm. um it's not a bad crossover there so no. I, I really think this england team you know, all joking aside, is a solid team that they've beaten Germany now in a big tournament. They've made a final. Uh, they, they just lost in a very close final. So the next step would be, of course, a first trophy since 1966. It's doable. I think this team's definitely good enough. Yeah, I was
1: telling you that in the Euros. Like, I honestly thought that, that they were going to win the Euros, and they came pretty damn close to winning the Euros. So if this team takes those next steps... I mean, I think it's France. Once you get to the quarters, but the, when you project out, you no. Know, here's the thing about a World Cup: whether it's Canada, like if you've made the World Cup, you're usually a pretty good side. And if you make the knockout stage, you are a good side.
0: You are as simple yeah. as this. You look at English football right now; it's really enjoying um, a wonderful time. It's a dominant league in world football. Look at the Champions League quarterfinalists, semifinalists, the last number of years. That's where the money is. they're, they're attracting the best coaches. And the best player. So finally, after all these years, we're seeing that filled down to the national team. And like, like you said, France is still going to be the favorites, probably. They're still the deepest team in the whole tournament. They're going to be the team to beat. But Brazil are still Brazil. They're going to be a, a number one ranked team in the tournament right now. Argentina, Messi, Swansong, perhaps. There's, there's good teams in this yeah. tournament. It's impossible to pick a, a real favorite, a real winner at this point. Because strange things can happen, right? We've got a lot of football between now and then. We've got the entire summer a lot of transfers in the summer, and then you have a few months of the next season, right? So who's healthy, who's not healthy? Debt will pay a, a huge, huge uh, part of this uh, entire tournament. Man, that, that group, the subplots, if it
1: is Scotland in that group, and then the United States and Iran, oh my goodness. Uh, there's always subplots when it comes to world football, and this will be absolutely no different. Sharms,
2: couldn't have done it without you. Thanks for dropping in, bud.
0: Thanks, Timmy. Anytime. Uh,
1: there is James Sharman
2: here on Tim and Friends. Uh, Laib. Uh, Means super skilled player which is what Charmin said Mm -hmm. Laib also belongs to a parallel mascot verse
1: yeah I I heard that in the opening of the draw show that he had been in these parallel worlds and I didn't really understand it nor did I care so thanks for bringing it up we're doomed as a society (laughs) time for one last (laughs) break Uh, our friend uh, who is as skilled as Laib Jesse Rubinoff Will help us with last call, and we'll get you the best of the week
2: next. Metaverse, mascot verse. What's next? The hell is that? What, what are we doing? Two friends taking you into
1: the weekend. Thanks for voting for the best of the week. Let's take a look at our results, and well, it's a close one, mm-hmm. Jesse, by percentage points. Scott Hastings, our not our guy guy, but our guy Scott Hastings. His injury report
2: takes the cake.
0: I saw Jamichael Green warming up behind
2: you any word yet on if he's able to go tonight. I think he was questionable coming into this game.
4: Well, I'll ask you where okay. he go. Yeah. Hey Jamichael, the- <laughs> hey, you playing? No nah, he's not playing. <laughs> That's how you do it. Tell, I got to wait <laughs> for <laughs> all these, these letters. I got to wait for all these letters and stuff to come out just has to do. They said he wasn't playing. <laughs>
1: So good. Uh, We're going to do last, call Before we get there, quick story on Scott Hastings. When we were doing the podcast Mm. and made a list of potential guests for the show, and Tom Tolbert and Scott Hastings were listed. I just saw it during our Olympic break. I was going through some old notebooks to refresh my memory on some stuff, but one of the things that I saw was potential guests for the Tim and Sid podcast back in the day. And uh, Scott Hastings and Tom Tolbert were on that list for basketball guests, and Kushal uh, was also on that. That's we should a deep
2: get him on now me. and ask him about his reporting tactics. How he's changing the game. You just ask the guy. Yeah, just we should just ask him. Reach out to him. Uh, it is a big weekend for college basketball on both sides of the border. The U Sports men's final eight got underway today in Edmonton, nice. and it started with a great game between number one Brock and number eight Saskatchewan. Uh, let's. Look at the highlights. Late fourth quarter to Jinder Law lays in uh, two of his game high 26 points. You can call him TJ. Three. Under 10 seconds to go. Saskatchewan down one. Marquavian Stevens off glass puts the Huskies in front. Stevens finished with 19 points. Brock, last chance. But Stevens oh, wow. breaks up the inbounds play as the Huskies, a ninth steal of the game. Wow. Saskatchewan upsets Brock in a thriller, Timmy. 77 73. So the. Canadian tournament just like the American
1: tournament where the one seed's done.
2: Yeah. Uh, taking a look at the rest of the schedule. Uh, number five Queens is taking on number four Dalhousie. Right now tied 82s. 62s. I have contacts in two. Uh, 62s in the third quarter. Uh, tonight number six McGill faces number three in hometown favorite. Alberta and the two-time defending champs seven Carlton up against number two. Victoria. Carlton lost to Queens
1: in the OUA semifinals. How does that they didn't even make, make, make feel? the final. Um, doesn't make me feel anyway. Just saying, one of the favorites every year. Yeah. Carlton's not used to being a seven seed and not used to not getting to the OUA final. So it's shocking yeah. uh, that they are a seven seed, and that's why I was putting up. For sure. Uh, Not that it makes me feel any sort of way. (laughs)
2: South of the border. The women's final four begins tonight in Minneapolis, and all four teams have a Canadian on the roster. Yes, sir. Louisville's (laughs) Melissa Russell from Ottawa, South Carolina's Leticia Amihir from Mississauga, Stanford's Alyssa Jerome from Toronto, and UConn's Aaliyah Edwards from Kingston. So we know that one Canadian will be cutting down the net Sunday at the Target Center, which is awesome. Meanwhile, the men's final four goes tomorrow in New Orleans. Up first, it's Villanova and Kansas, you know who Alvin's cheering for, and then it's one of the greatest rivalries in sports, Duke, North Carolina, in their first ever meeting of the tournament in what could be Coach K's final game, but not if he loses, right? Uh, who you got, Duke or UNC?
1: So you're suggesting that if he loses- if he loses, he's not retiring. He's not retiring. Do you Kansas. actually believe that?
2: Mm, no, not really. It's such a But it would be incredible a tough story. way to go out. Like,
1: a really, really tough way to go out. For those who don't know, he lost his final home game where he was being honored and feted by every former Duke alum who has a <laughs> name that kind of sticks in and around the rafters. He's there to be feted. And North Carolina beat him. This is the first time North... Listen, I know some don't know, but... I am actually a North Carolina Duke rivalry expert did you know that I have video proof of this Jesse here is me 12 years ago although it looks like it's 25 years ago what is that doing shoot? doing what was uh, not green screen not <laughs> 2008 <laughs> question mark <laughs> it looks like it's 25 years suit? ago based on the suit uh, but this wasn't this was like... Uh, technology of the ages at that time. Oh, that looks great. See that morph there, Jesse? Yes, like, I know very, you're focused on the wonderful suit. I'm, I'm checking out the suit, honestly. The best underneath. Watch, watch. One, two, three, and zoom. Oh, that, yeah, that's You cool. know what I'm saying? Well done. Well you done. You I did that? <laughs> How'd you do that? I'm asking you to know how I did that. No, I I, I, <laughs> I did the same stand-up in both gyms and walked from mid-court.
3: No,
2: Joking, thought about this in my old dome piece, and you don't just—I do. don't think anyone. That might be the only time anyone's ever done that ever. TV history. <laughs> I don't know about all that. I think uh, two different.
1: I think Duke's gonna win. So do I. If they so. lost twice to North Carolina this late in the season, it would be—I mean—but
2: get up for this game.
1: To but... be honest, to be honest, that's what Duke does in the tournament more often
2: than not. You calling them choke artists? Maybe. <laughs> the Buffalo Sabres will pay tribute to legendary play-by-play man Rick Jennerette tonight as they host the Predators. Jennerette, who has been calling Sabres games for 51 years, will retire at the end of the season, and we thought we'd take a look back at some of our favorite Rick Jennerette calls.
1: trying to away.
4: Snow and
0: Shields, and here they go! they coming across the ice with May! Snow and Shields, the linesman trying to get them apart, and they want to go! Here they go! Shields firing punches against Snow! They're right in front of the bench! Shields and Snow going at it!
1: Bring it up to LaFontaine, he gets tripped up,
0: gets it to May, and over the line, he's May going in on goal, he shoots,
1: He was that before that was cool. Mm-mm. It feels like there's a lot of dudes that do that now, but when Rick Jennerette started doing it, there was basically
2: him and Mike Lang in Pittsburgh. Yeah. The, the Mayday call is is up there, like in the, the lexicon of the great lexicon. calls. Yes. The lexicon, exactly. Yeah. Like it's just, and the like the volume, like that's what you mean, right? It's like the getting into it and losing your mind just being loud generally
1: speaking just think having the passion losing your mind and getting into the moment and rick jenner is basically one of would the you, great play-by-play guys of all time if, just because of that passion.
2: if you were going to go do play-by-play again would you be i always had some
1: passion that's that's just the way i am that's the way i watch games i wouldn't change that for anything i have passion on this show when i get into something and i have passion in play-by-play when i do it I feel like you have to convey the energy of the building. That's what you do as a play-by-play guy.
2: Can't fake it. It comes through.
1: Yeah. You just are who you are. All right, that does it for us. But as always, on Fridays, we head into the weekend with a look back at our week here on Tim and Friends. Thank you for watching. It's Friday then. It's Saturday Sunday. It's Friday then. I knew you were going to do that. (laughs) It's Friday then. It's Saturday
2: Sunday. What? It's
5: Friday then.
1: Soaking up the sun in Florida, here's uh, Kyle Bukowskis, Elliot Friedman, and Jeff Merrick. Here's Hazel May, back in Florida. We chat with more people in warm weather locations, (laughs) is Ben Nicholson Smith? Yeah, looks wonderful there. There is uh, Ben Nicholson Smith. By the way, my head is in a very awkward place. I'm gonna be honest. Anyways. (laughs) I do want to do one thing before we get going. Can we take to Jesse Rubinoff here?
2: I knew you were going to come out to me. No, no. What are you doing? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Are you comfortable in that corner? Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. Look at the of desk. It's, it's fantastic. fantastic. Can Reed sit next to Tim every Wednesday and he brings nothing to the table? Is Sid Sixero a celebrity? <laughs> as far as C list Canadian celebrities go, <laughs> Sid Sixero is the most annoying sports thing. I'm underdressed to sit here. See, isn't this better? It is comfortable. It it's comfortable. Listen, this is an amazing day. And Jesse, get the hell out of my chair and go back. Yeah, to I was going to say, thank you for blessing me with that. I appreciate it. I'm going back to the Please, corner. Just, he
1: doesn't want to yeah. say <laughs> that. No. See you, Please, Sid. Go over there. See, See you, buddy. buddy.
2: All granola has tons of sugar. Don't take my word for it. Again, granola
5: I'm not a nutritionist. You're or on TV.
2: If you eat too much granola, it's bad for you because there's a lot of sugar. There are a million different types of
1: granola. No, they're all back there. <laughs> I pulled up the uh, granola that oh, I put in my you know, yogurt. It was coming. There's two grams of sugar in my granola. Dressing. Just
2: be careful when you. you, no, you I agree get with you, but it's not, not all granola. Well, if you hand make it, I mean.
1: Sammy Kaz returns to the show. What's going on with the digit? You got Johnny granola over there. What's <laughs> happening with Tim and I mean <laughs> 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 <Hey? Johnny laughs> granola. <laughs> Oh dear God, where the hell is Kennedy Jet Smith (laughs) right now? Is that water? You can't make this up, brother. You
6: can't make it up. I'm live from Turks and Caicos.
1: Are you on a boat? (laughs) I'm
6: on a boat.
1: I'm on a boat. Everybody look at me because I'm sailing on a boat. I made sure that this segment (laughs) was on when I was on this boat. Have you texted either one of those two dudes in the last week? Chris Rock is
6: my guy guy.
2: Your guy guy.
6: no, he's my guy
2: guy. Am I your guy guy? Or just your guy? <laughs> you gotta
1: work into that. One of my guy guys. What's going on, Arash? How are you, man? Am I a guy guy now? Do I get that status? Hey, we've fine. known each other for a long Oh, look at Jesse. Jesse, we've known each other for a long time. We'll sort of score done. together. Like, we go way back. Yeah, I think Fuchs is a guy guy.
2: They ask you how you are, you just have to say that you're fine. And you're not really fine. You just can't get into it because.
1: Last call, and my guy,
2: guy. Oh, baby! Thank you. Appreciate that. You're my guy, guy too. I spend Without more time you. with you than anybody else. Guy, guy. Get it over here. Get it in the camera. The other camera. Yeah. You yeah. know, no other, other one. One. Uh, yes. Wait, this one. Yes. Wait, is it? Yes.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. What?